It's been one week since you looked at me. Cock your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Saying, get back together, come back and see me. Three days since the living room. I realized it's all my fault, but couldn't tell you. Yesterday, you've forgiven me. But it'll still be two days till I say I'm sorry. Hold it, now I'll watch the hood wink. Does it make you stop think? You'll think you're looking at Aquaman. I summon fish to the dish, although I like the shallow Swiss. I like the sushi, cause it's never touched a frying pan. Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of Quadcast on WVFI, presented by Off the Dome Sports. We got Jacob here. We got John here, but he's chewing, so he's not going to talk. And we have the always colorful, slightly entertaining, Benjamin James here as well. How are we doing, listeners? Glad to be back. I always say that every week, even though I'm here every week. Uh, It's a beautiful Sunday morning here in the Bend like to give a little weather update it's around 60 degrees it's sunny the leaves are changing um we've got a couple more weeks of this hopefully before we turn in the dreadful winters of the midwest uh but that's all i got for the weather update all right and uh as everyone knows last week we started a new segment called the news with ben james because we felt like he wasn't getting enough airtime so let's get right into the news first of all Take it away, Ben. Thank you for that glorious intro, Jake. So uh, this week, over the past couple days, as you know, the NFL has been doing a terrible job with the COVID situation. Uh, So as of this morning, about 14 minutes ago, the Patriots-Broncos game that had already been postponed till Monday due to a few positive tests has been postponed until next Sunday. Uh, So they're not playing this week. This will act as their bye week for both the Patriots and the Broncos. And then the Patriots were supposed to have their bye week next week, so that will be fine for their game. But the Broncos-Dolphins game has now been moved. They haven't decided a date for that yet. Um, but the Broncos will be playing the Patriots next Sunday, and the Dolphins will probably be on their bye week instead of playing a game. Also, the Titans were supposed to play the Steelers. That game has been postponed. No, that was last week. Yeah, that game has been postponed. They're, uh, the Steelers are now back into action. Uh, they're playing today. Now, the Bills are supposed to play the Titans, but the Titans have had increasingly positive tests. That game was on Tuesday, or this upcoming Tuesday. They do not know if that's going to happen as the Titans had another positive test in their staff. So we'll see what happens. Also, listeners, if you guys are not if you guys aren't fans of the UFC, just a quick update on what might be the greatest UFC knockout of all time. Last night there was a middleweight bout. Guy did a little kick. The other guy grabbed his leg. He did a spinning heel whatever kick and knocked him out right in the face. I would uh, recommend watching it. It was Joaquin Buckley who knocked out Impa Kasangane. Sorry if I mispronounced that, but that that's some, the news. That was some great UFC analysis there, yeah. Ben. Thank you. <laughs> Top line. I'm no Joe Rogan, but I try. Also, relating to the postponed NFL games, if you have any questions about your fantasy rosters, because you gotta you gotta get them set before one o'clock today. Call into call into the show. You can go to WVFI Notre Dame Radio. You can find the call in button. WVFI.nd.edu. We'll answer your questions on the show live. Mm-hmm. We figured out how to use the phone last week, so. Yeah, we're doing big things in the <clears throat> yeah, podcast. Huge, huge. I tell you what, so I don't, the news was great, Ben. Good job. But as I was listening to the news, I pulled out this NDH donut, right? I thought it was just a chocolate-covered donut. No. Turns out it was a chocolate-covered pumpkin donut. Oh, man. And I tell you what, 
That Unlimited was probably, large over here. That the, was probably really good. It's delicious. I'm not done yet. I gotta finish. I it, have but to say, it's delicious. Best part about the fall, besides the weather changing a little bit, it's gotta be the pumpkin flavors everywhere. You, yeah. got your, you got your pumpkin spice. Fall food is very good. You got your pumpkin, pumpkin pie. Pie. You got your pumpkin, pumpkin donuts, everything. I guess. <laughs> pumpkin bread. Pumpkin oh, bread. Yeah. Can't get enough pumpkin, pumpkin in, the, seeds. in the fall. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not sure about that one, but. All right. The one thing Ben didn't mention in his news, but it's going to be our first segment today, is uh, Notre Dame football last night played Florida State University, the Seminoles, in a night game here at Notre Dame Stadium and trounced them 42-26. to uh, From pure statistical standpoint, Notre Dame had over 300 yards rushing. Kyron Williams almost amassed 200 total yards. Our... Freshman running back Chris Tyree amassed 100 total yards, and we averaged somewhere around nine yards per play last night. So the offense looked really good. However, on the defensive side of the ball, we let up a little bit more rushing yards on average than I would have liked to see, but the points are a little misleading because 10 points were scored with drives that started inside our own 25 while we were on defense. The offense had a couple of costly fumbles in the first quarter, Kind of inflated the score a little bit. If it wasn't for those, I, I think a realistic score would probably have been somewhere around 49 to 16, 49 to 20. So, yeah. Yeah. And, there and is that. There is that. However, I was pretty impressed by our team last night. Our team looked good. Yeah. Florida looked State, really good. even though the score was closer than I would have liked, Florida State never looked like they belonged on the field. Yeah. It, it was vastly different competition. Yeah. So. And I, I think also another point that you just said about the defense um, or about, Florida State scoring uh, within a 25. Defense on the first of those fumbles held them to a field goal, um, which was a really good defensive uh, stop. And also, Notre Dame would have had another touchdown um, on one of those drives that got picked off. So, mm, yeah. um, the, uh, the other thing is, that, as well, the defense was on the field for the majority of the first quarter. The end score was 17-14, but the offense, both offensive drives for Notre Dame were rather quick. If I had to guess, I don't have the stats in front of me. I would say the defense probably played 10 or maybe I think not, they played around 10 minutes. 10 minutes, first. 8 yeah. minutes, somewhere that in the first quarter, which is a lot. So that might have led to them being tired. We were also missing Myron Tagovailoa. Uh, he was out with an undisclosed injury. But he she should be back. It doesn't sound like it's season ending. It might be COVID. I don't want to start rumors. Yeah. But it was undisclosed. I yeah, wouldn't so. be surprised if there was a little bit of carryover from. Yeah, I, and outbreak. I it, yeah. It, he might not even have had it. It might have been contact <clears throat> tracing. Yeah, yeah. But we all, don't know. Also, the defensive line played great last night. Put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a bonus. We're going to need that, especially when we're playing better teams, which yeah. have a little bit better offensive lines. Got to keep bringing that pressure. Florida State offensive line had a tough night last night. They did. But. I think as as we move to Clemson, where we have a, where Trevor Lawrence is, he's an athletic guy. But the quarterback last night was really dual threat. Yeah, he could run, he could pass. They had a yeah. lot of designed QB runs last night. Yeah, we gotta get better at stopping those. Yeah, but he, he wiggled his way for like 15, 20 yards. Yeah, but also he got sacked about four times. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. Our, and got Ian lit Book, up. Ian Book did not get sacked last night. Yeah, either. Ian Book did a great job of dumping it out of the pocket, throwing it away. Evading the pass both, rush. Both of our lines looked incredible. Yep. I think yeah. though our skill positions may have declined a little bit from last year, at least in my opinion, I think our lines are like top five in the country. Both yeah. of them. And I, I would 
also jump on that with the offensive line. I think the offensive line, especially with the teams that are playing right now, is the best offensive line in the country. Yeah. Now when Ohio State comes back, we might have a little competition with them. Mm-hmm. However, I think right now we are the best offensive line in the country. Yeah. And also, Liam, you, could, you could throw in Alabama just because they only run pretty much. Uh, like, yeah. The running maybe. back down there, not, I think his name is Najee Harris. Yeah. He got about 200 and something yards yeah. and five, four we'll, we'll come back to Alabama, yeah. though. I yeah, talk yeah about we, that. we're going to come back to some of the SEC stuff. The one, I, I just want to give one shout out to the game last night to Liam Eichenberg. In the first quarter, second quarter, I think he got poked in the eye, scratched in the eye. And if you haven't seen the pictures, they're up on Twitter. He his eye was swollen like Rocky's was in the first Rocky movie when he's fighting Apollo Creed. Like swollen shut. It was his left eye. He plays left tackle. He came out, he played almost the whole second half. He couldn't see out of one eye. And he played great. No yeah. sacks given up. He had some crucial blocks on some runs. So pretty impressive. Yeah, I shout out to that. That's, I think if you're NS, NFL scouts kind of licking your chops over there. Yeah, I mean, you got to be happy with that no matter yeah. what. And yeah. he didn't have a false start. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think no offense to Florida State, but I think that also says something about their defensive mm-hmm. line. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is true. Although they're they're one wide receiver and their quarterback, they're they're pretty good talent. Number five on I don't know what his name was. I don't but know his name either. He, but he played really well last night. So Florida State recruits well. I'm yeah, sure they, they had a do. lot of foreign me, probably not five star. But definitely a lot of four-star yeah. players on that roster. They, they were very athletic on the offense. Yeah. They were very explosive. All their guys yeah. were, like, intangibly had speed, strength, yeah. quickness. It's just they didn't really put it together. They didn't they have l- a good line. They either. looked very raw. Uh, yeah. Well, I think a lot of them, too, are young. Like, I think the quarterback's only a sophomore. I think he is only a sophomore. Um, so, that maybe that's some hope maybe for the Florida State fans. and. Yeah. To end on one more positive note from Notre Dame, looking at the advanced analytics, EPA per play for running was like .318 and for passing was like .302. So that means we were averaging per play expected points to be around .31, which is awesome. That's great. Yeah. That's really high. A lot better than, I think it was against Duke. Or passing actually had a negative expected points for a play. Yeah, that yeah, tough. that that was not great. But Ian Book really picked it up. He looked really good. He had some nice throws, especially that he he fit it in against a cover yeah. two to Javon McKinley. That was mm-hmm. a really nice pass. He threw a nice pass, Michael Mayer, and like triple coverage that yeah, he jumped up. He and did. Caught. He did. So I I think a lot to be excited about yesterday, especially off a three week hiatus. Yeah. Without having played in three weeks, the team looked really good. They came out explosive like they wanted to be there and play. We we should hope to see the same thing against Louisville next week. And, again, this season all builds up to Clemson. Yeah. yeah. you got to beat but Clemson. You know what? You can't look ahead to the Clemson game yeah. too much. Nope. Because we have Louisville. I mean, us as fans can. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, the team's been doing a good job of staying focused, it seems like. it does. They do seem yeah. like they're doing a really good job. So we well, have Louisville think, next week, yeah. then Pitt, Georgia Tech, and Clemson. And I think we're we should win the rest of our games, and then Clemson is the deciding factor for our season. Yeah. And I think before the season even started, that was known. But even more, we just have to make sure we win the rest of those games. Has UNC lost a game? No, no. they won yesterday. Okay, they're uh, ranked like eight, or they were ranked eighth this yeah. week. I think. And talking about so the rankings, Florida lost, so we should move up to number four. I'm just looking at the ACC perspective, how <laughs> we can make it to the championship game. Clemson is probably a lock. Yes. Miami, Miami lost, so. They got one loss. 
there's a bunch of teams with one loss. Yeah. But if the only undefeated teams are us, UNC, and Clemson, we play both UNC and Clemson. Yeah, so we need to beat UNC. And I think Clemson and UNC play each other. They don't. They don't? Ooh. We play UNC, and Clemson played Miami. Those are the teams that we don't play against each other. Mm. So we don't play Miami, and Clemson doesn't play UNC. All right, then. So it's even it's even more imperative that we beat UNC yes. when we play them. Yes. So that we can make the championship game. And they it's going to be between us and Miami. If Miami wins out and we win out, and then we'll see what happens against Clemson. Yeah. I want to turn the attention to another game yesterday. Alabama Ole Miss. It was going on at the same time as our game, so we didn't necessarily get to see a lot of it, but we were keeping up on it from the stands. Alabama let up 600 yards yeah. on defense. That's yeah. not the crazy. Alabama defense we're, we're used to I think to I was reading all these stats last night. It was like the most yards given up against Alabama in like the the era of Nick Saban yeah. or even like even, even like the modern era. Yeah. Um, it was the most combined yards in an SEC game ever. Really? And that's including like games with Joe Burrow last yeah. year. He scored, he threw 50 touchdowns last year. Like yeah. you would think in one of those games. But um, that was the most points Alabama gave up um, in like a long time. Yeah. Um, Lane Kiffin, who used to be uh, Nick Saban's, I think it was assistant coach. Or was he head? Was he? I think he was offensive coordinator. coordinator yeah. yeah. He was kind of. There's running, some beef between those yeah, two. Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of running laps around Nick Saban yeah. last night. Uh, they were trading touchdowns for like yeah. three and a half quarters. And I'm, usually uh, Alabama, they depend on their defense. Yeah. And then they'll score enough points to right. win. The 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 other thing too is that if you're getting into a trading touchdowns with Alabama, eventually the cream of their like just recruiting talent is going to rise to the top. It's hard for to, it's hard for any SEC team that may not recruit as well as Alabama to trade blows with them for that long because yeah. eventually you're going to make a mistake. And yeah, that, that's and how I think it's Ole be. Miss like on offense played like almost perfectly. Yeah. like they okay. did really well. Their running game was incredible. I think yeah. they had they had over well over 300 yards yeah. rushing, which bodes very well for Ole Miss. I think they're a pretty solid team yeah. in the SEC, but Alabama, they really need to figure that out. Yeah. Big, Especially, shout out to, big shout out to Ole Miss running back Snoop Connor. Awesome <laughs> name. He yeah. had over 200 yards yeah. by, on his own. Didn't Najee Harris almost have 300 yards rushing? I think he did. I think he, no, he, I th- no, I think he had he about al- 270. He had 200 something. Yeah, yeah, no, he had well over 200. Yeah. Yeah, he I, had four, I thought he was really close he had four to touchdowns. 300 yards. Um, yeah. I think that he's probably in the Heisman consideration now. Hopefully, Kyron Williams plays. Well, and we were joking about last night when he makes some Kyron for Heisman shirts. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're there yet, especially yeah. with the way that uh, SEC is playing defense this year. Yeah. I guess the SEC decided to take a page out of the Big 12's book. Yeah, they were like, "Not, we haven't gotten any Heisman candidates recently." Yeah, well, they got Joe Burrow last year. I guess uh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, they probably wanted to contest with Oklahoma. And yeah. Stuff. The the other thing that I think might be hurting Kyron's chance at Heisman is how split the carries are yeah, in our backfield. I mean, yeah. last year if he was given all the carries, he probably would have had around three hundred yards rushing. Yeah, but he wasn't. He split him with Tyree, uh, which is good. Like, you no, don't it's wanna, good because when you're up, you don't want to give all the yeah. Downs and we and, and different so guys have practice. Yeah. So say Kyron gets hurt, Tyree, yeah, Jafar. Sibo, yeah, they're they're all ready to step in. There. And it, it's nice to know. The other thing that's nice is not to take anything away from our running backs because we have a very very talented running back group. But I think that's a real testament to again our offensive line, the ability for us to interchange running backs like yeah. that, and for all of them to succeed. Mm-hmm. It definitely has something to do with our running backs and how talented we talented we are at that position. Yeah, 
to have four guys that are quality running back starters. But our offensive line is also making holes big enough for yeah. uh, any of the three of us to run five yards through. So Yeah, that is true. And I think a positive from last night uh, that we didn't see as much in other games was Ian Book passed really well last night. The receivers scored touchdowns. It wasn't just on the ground. They opened it up. He threw some passes downfield that were really nice passes uh, that they caught on the run. And it was just glad. I was just glad to see that. Yeah, we, we expanded our offense vertically yeah. last night. Which is really good, especially when we play better opponents, yes. because they got a scheme for that now. Yeah. Now, turning to the ranking system, mm-hmm. how do you think the top five are going to shake out this week? So I think that the top three will still be there. It will still be Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, think there's any shakeup there? No. I could almost see Georgia hopping Alabama this week. I don't. I say you. I I don't think the voters are going to do that. Yeah. Just because that'd be bulletin board material yeah. for Alabama. Just for next because week. Alabama's playing Georgia next week, they're going to wait and see how that shapes up yeah. to decide those. I think just because Florida lost, we have to slide into the number four spot. Yeah. There's no other team. Like I think if Miami would have beaten Clemson, they would have slid like all the way to. Two or I one. I mean, yeah, but, but yeah. yeah. But no one didn't. else. No one else is going into the top four except for us. Uh, I think I could, we could see UNC move up a little bit again. They're not going to yeah. move up to four though. Who was number five this? Or who we was number five. six this last week? LSU, I think. No, 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 no. no. Uh, I think six might have been like Penn State. No, I I thought they took the Big Ten teams out, so Ohio State would have been up there. Yeah. Oh, I I don't know then. Okay. Um. Yeah. No, I, I'm pretty I, sure. I the think. Big Ten I mean, we were five. We won. Pretty handily, I think we move up to four. I don't think there's really any, any. There shouldn't be any. Six, six was Ohio State. Okay, really? I thought yep. that. Okay, I thought so they they're not going to slide up because they haven't right, played yeah, yet. Yeah, Miami yeah. was seven. North Carolina Actually, was eight. I mean, they probably will slide up one. You think? Five. Fl- you think Florida drops out of the top ten? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Miami also lost, so. Yeah, I don't know how Oklahoma State or Cincinnati did. I Those think that I think that North Carolina will slide all the way to six. Yeah, I could see it go uh, one Clemson, two Bama, three Georgia, four us, five Ohio State, six UNC. Yeah, because yeah, Florida and Miami will drop down. I think that Florida and Miami will still be within the top 12 just because there's teams in Penn State, Oregon, Wisconsin that haven't played yet. Also, um, Auburn... They won yesterday, so they'll move up a little bit. LSU will probably drop out of the top 25, if I have to say. They lost yeah. again. I don't think you can put a 1-2 team in the top yeah. 25. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It, it's really hard to put a... Especially with, like, not good losses. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. <laughs> Who'd they lose to this week? Missouri? Missouri yeah. yeah. And Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma, will probably, <laughs> Oklahoma will probably become back into the top 25, but low. And yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. The, I got to be honest, the interesting thing, if you follow any like LSU fans on Twitter or you're seeing anything last year, LSU Twitter was calling for Coach O to get like a lifetime contract, <laughs> sign him for the rest of his life. He's the greatest coach on the planet. And already we're three games in to the LSU season and there's calls for Coach O to be fired. Yeah, yeah. and that's just ridiculous because all, their entire team went to the NFL basically last year. Yeah, They won it all last year. They ran the table. They were the best team in college football. By far. You have to, like, allow your coach to have some down years. Like, yeah. especially in a COVID year, especially your recruiting class yeah, I mean, hasn't you, come up imagine yet. Imagine how like, tough it was for Coach O to install the new offense yeah. with the new personnel this They're year. They're all unexperienced exactly. and young, probably. Exactly. Hey, that's a tough ask for anybody. Yeah. Especially in a COVID year. Yeah. Yeah. Now, John, 
Let's move to the NBA. Yes. Talk to us. What's going on in the finals? No one's watching, but what's going on in the finals? <laughs> that is true. Well, I, I think I'm gonna actually going to watch my first NBA finals game tonight. Ooh. So we got the Heat down 3-2. to two. Lakers are looking to win it tonight. But Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's about it. That's their problem. The Heat, Jimmy Butler's been going off. He played all he but has. 48 seconds in the last game. Wow. He, he, I saw a video of him walking off the podium after talking to the reporters. He looked stiff. He was like limping. His body just looked destroyed. But you know what? He's got two more games left in him. He's a competitor. And he's, he, listen, he had a day at the Walt Disney World pools and yeah. spas. I'm sure he's feeling relaxed. I'm sure he's got some a massage nice guns. massage. Yeah. 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 It's the most magical place did on some earth. Cryo, I'm sure they figured it out. Did some cryotherapy. Did yeah. something. But honestly... The Heat are such a deep team, and unless the Lakers get production from somebody besides Anthony Davis and LeBron, I think the Heat do have a pretty good chance of pulling it out, which would be pretty crazy. But in the last game, the only Laker besides LeBron and Anthony Davis who scored in double digits was KCP, which is a tough look for the Lakers. Yeah, They, they built a hodgepodge roster around the, their two superstars, and it's fading in the most important games of the season. Which is also a bad look for Rob Palinka. But honestly, I do think the Lakers are gonna win. They still have a better than fifty percent chance to win. Obviously, they're up three to two. And LeBron getting his fourth ring be pretty clutch. The uh, going back to your Rob Palinka comments, I agree. I don't think he's a great and, GM. I don't think he's done a great job with yeah. this team. This also, team should be Running away with this. Yeah. If you have AD and LeBron, yeah. nothing should be standing in your way. You I, should be able to find. But what he did was he got a bunch of guys that are kind of old and washed up, but they have notable names like yeah. Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo. Yeah. JaVale McGee. Danny JaVale Green. McGee. Well, Danny I, Green. I, I didn't watch the game, but I heard a lot of Danny Brick comments. Yeah. Can you, can you What's going on, on with that? I mean, Danny Green was brought in to be a sharpshooter. He was supposed to be like the shooter. And on he the did team, the entire to year. space the team. Yeah, he, he, he shot well. He shot below his career averages, but he still shot well. But I think a lot of those comments came from the last play of the game. LeBron, Lakers down one. LeBron passes it out to a wide-open Danny Green for three, and he misses it. Pretty short. It wasn't anywhere near going in. I think a lot of Lakers fans are fed up with Danny Green because he was supposed to be the clutch guy, had a lot of experience. He won, I think, two or three championships with the Spurs and then one with the Raptors last year. Oh, He's supposed right. to be he a great shooter. He he faded in the playoffs last year too. So I hope this isn't becoming a trend for him. Lakers, Lakers fans are cruel. Lakers fans are cruel. The, LA, that's awful. LA, you're from, up you're up three yeah. to one in a series, yeah. and the guy misses a three to win the series, yeah. and now you're down or now you're up three to two. Yeah, come on. That's just LA that's sports nothing, fans. That's though. nothing to get super upset about. Yeah. Yeah, LA sports fans just don't know what it's like to watch a full season. Go, going so. off of LA sports true. fans and talking about Rob Palinka earlier. Lawrence Frank, the Clippers GM, won GM of the year or executive of the year. Yeah. Really? I don't know how I feel about that. I don't love that. He traded away the future. They don't have they don't hold their own first round draft pick until 2027. Wow. J- just for reference, those kids who are going to be drafted in 2027 are in seventh grade right now. That that's a long they, time. He traded away their entire future and he didn't win a championship this year. And yeah. honestly, it's not looking great for them next year. No. Well, is Paul? They have New one coach. more year. They have one more year of Paul George. They, uh, New coach. After next year, both Kawhi and Paul Leonard have player options, so it's Kawhi possible. And Paul, George, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I 
Honestly, I think Paul George is going to stay because he's getting paid more than he will anywhere else. Kawhi Leonard, if they do what they did this year, again next year, he'll leave. He could leave. I could see that. uh, What about the new coach? How is that going to impact the Clippers' chances next year? I mean, they haven't hired a new coach yet. No, that's what I mean. But like the change of the guard. it, It really all depends on who they bring in. I honestly don't really know the coaching market very well right now, but I would say the the front runner is Ty Lue. Just but he's he, internal. He was an assistant coach. He's yeah. internal. Yeah. Why Why would you fire someone if you're going to hire someone internal? Doc Rivers is not a winning... He he doesn't have a history of winning championships. He had an he's amazing roster. He's a good roster. coach. He's a good, yeah. he, he makes a bad team or a mediocre team seem better than they are, but he isn't able to bring a good team... With a lot of different pieces, a lot of arguably two superstars, he isn't able to elevate them to championship level. I think, yeah. I mean, Doc Rivers was hired by the Sixers. That's a great hire. They need somebody to bring yeah. them to the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe to the finals. But honestly, the Clippers hiring Ty Lu would not do anything. I don't think that would be a great hire. No. But I don't I, think it does. I don't know much. who else is out there. Honestly, it's hard to like, fire your coach this late in the coaching cycle yeah. and get and get your top choice. Yeah. And Ty Lue does have championship championship experience with the Cavaliers, but honestly, that was LeBron LeBron's was the team. coach of that yeah. team. Like Ty yeah. Lue, he took a backseat. Well, just like, like just like Frank Vogel. If you think about year. it, um like Steve Nash kind of kind of came out of nowhere to be the coach yeah. of the Nets. I think there's a, a I I think that Chauncey Billups was name was getting thrown around. I don't know how accurate yeah. that is, but Guys like that who have already played like retired players, not necessarily coaches that have been fired. Um, and I don't know if a new hire, the first year of a head coach, would be good for them. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think part of the problem with the Clippers is you're not bringing somebody in to a team that has a leader, that yeah. has great chemistry. That's like, true. The, the Nets brought in Steve Nash. They, they have Kyrie and KD. They're the leaders of that team. Kawhi, he's just not like a leader. Like he's a great player. He's de- definitely the best player on that Clippers team. But like, he needs a coach who like can be a leader, like Nick Nurse was last year. You need a, in Toronto. You need a, you need a or Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. and on that, well, I mean, Greg Popovich is is the Papa of everyone. Right. Like, but you also on that team you had Tim Duncan. Right. You had Tony Parker. You, you had other. You even had Ginobili. Yeah, you had three guys who were leaders. And Kawhi could just play well. Right. He could just play. Yeah, you didn't have to think about chemistry. And last that. year he came in to win that championship. He wasn't required to leave. They had Ky- they had Lowry who had been there. Yeah, like his, pretty much his whole career. And then Nick Nurse, who was the coach of the year. I I think if Kawhi had stayed on the Raptors, they would have won the championship this year. I I strongly believe that they at least would have gotten to the finals and probably matched up against the Lakers. Yeah, but honestly, Paul George it seemed like was trying to take that locker room leadership role. And there were reports that he gave a passionate speech to the team after they got eliminated by the Nuggets, and the team rolled their eyes at him, which isn't a great look. It's kind of too late. It's kind of yeah. too late for the leadership. Yeah. All right, Jake, you're awfully quiet over there. I mean, What's yeah, going on? I just don't have a ton to add to <laughs> NBA discussion. Let, let's talk about another. Let's talk about another, uh, another coach. Another coach. Another manager. That who, Jake's who not may, too happy who, who about. Who may have underperformed a little bit? Aaron Boone. What are your thoughts? For those who didn't watch the series, it was a great series. Really the peak of baseball. It should have been the ALCS. The Yankees played the Tampa Bay Rays, and they lost in five games this week. 
in a brutal game five, which pained me to my core. Aaron Boone, throughout the series, made a lot of questionable decisions with his pitching, like he has been doing since he's been hired as the manager of the Yankees. In game two, he rolled out young, budding superstar Dave Garcia for his first playoff performance and promptly pulled him after one inning in a pre that was in a it was a predetermined pull to bring in aging, terrible veteran pitcher J.A. Happ, who ended up giving up so many earned runs and losing us the game when we scored four runs off of Tyler Glasnow. And then fast forward to game four. We're winning, but we're winning by a good deal. You know, we're up by 3-4. He brings in Britain in the seventh, makes Britain, our setup man, go five outs, and he makes Chapman go four outs. The next night, he brings in Britain in the sixth inning in a tie ball game, has him get six outs, then he brings Chapman, or five outs again, then he brings Chapman in, to get seven outs. That's crazy. You're asking your closer to pitch approximately four innings in two days? I mean, that's just not managing a bullpen well. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is that he has no one else he trusts Chad, to come in in those but situations. that's the problem. You pay so much money for this yeah. bullpen, you're carrying 14 pitchers on the roster. Why are you carrying 14 pitchers on the roster if you don't for trust a five-game series if you're not going to pitch all 14 of them? Yeah. And if, in that you should same, be carrying in that same Miguel Andujar if you're not. Yeah. In that same perspective, you turn to the Rays. They had the entire bullpen was willing to pitch at any moment in that game, yeah. whether it was a setup, whatever, whether it was a closer. In, in the last and, inning, they had Charlie Morton yeah. and yeah, Blake exactly. in that, exactly. in, that coaching... Uh, Decisions from the Rays, he trusts every single person in that yeah. bullpen. Yeah. Kevin Cash trusts every person in that bullpen. And those guys in that bullpen understand their roles. And that's why the that's why they were the best bullpen in baseball this year. And that's why they dominated us in that season in yeah. that series. And you know what you say understand the roles? They really don't have roles. Yeah. They come in anywhere in the game. No, that's what I'm they saying. They well. they agree but, right, to, that, that's to what do whatever need. They, they need for the my, team. Right. My biggest problem with Aaron Boone this series is that Especially after game one. Game one, we beat the Rays. A team we've been struggling to beat all year. They threw Blake Snell. We threw Garrett Cole. We beat them. We bruised them. We beat them handily. Why in game two are you stealing away all that you did in game one? Taking your foot off the gas. Giving the power back to the Rays by doing your little flip-flop thing with Garcia and Hap. I, you're, you're up in the series. You're not... You don't have to act like an underdog there. And yeah. I don't understand Aaron Boone's fascination with beating the Rays their own way. The Rays are an analytically-minded team because they have to be, because they have a low budget, because they have to get as much value as they can out of their players because they're paying so little for them. The Yankees are not in that scenario. They should be using analytics to help their team succeed, but they don't need to be pulling these pitcher swaps. Or putting four guys in the outfield like the Rays exactly. did. Put your put your pitchers in, let them pitch, and trust your offense to score runs. And, again, any manager that thinks Jay Happ should be pitching significant innings in a postseason series deserves to be unemployed. Also, I though, will, I will ahead, give Jake. Aaron Boone 
a bit of leeway. My younger brother is 100% on the fire Aaron Boone train. I am trending that way. I am not happy with how we went. I think there's a lot of things that Aaron Boone needs to reconsider this offseason. He needs to reconsider how he uses his pitching staff, how he plans to pitch games. He also needs to reconsider the closer role. A role as Chapman, he's he's given he's only given up four home runs in the last calendar year. However, they have all been game-winning home runs. As a manager, you need to look at that and say, as good as Aroldis Chapman is, he has a propensity to blow saves via the long ball, especially in high-leverage situations. Yeah, You have Zach Britton on your team. You're using him as the setup man right now. He's a sinker ball pitcher. He gets ground balls. Guys make weak contact against Britton. They don't hit many home runs off of him. I think that it's time to reconsider how you're going to the closer role. Maybe if you're facing the middle of the lineup in the in the ninth inning in a save situation, you need to bring Zach Britton in. If you're not facing the middle of the lineup, you can bring Chapman in. I understand you pay Chapman a lot of money, but saves aren't really a stat that are super valuable. Yeah. Other than it, they happen. It doesn't matter who gets them as long as they true. happen. And I, I think and Britton did a really good job as the closer yeah. for the first half of the year when Chapman wasn't there. Yeah. However. If these changes are not made by the next year, especially when you have Sevi, Domingo Armand, and perhaps Tommy Canely coming back. And you're also going to sign, hopefully, a pitcher in the free agent market. Hopefully, you're oh. signing a pitcher in the free agent market. Trevor hopefully, Bauer. you're looking at Trevor Bauer. Marcus Stroman. Yeah. Mm, I don't know about Marcus Stroman. I wouldn't but. have a problem. With I wouldn't that. have a problem with either <laughs> of those guys. They would, I mean, Stroman would probably be the third pitcher. Um, Bauer would be second. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> I would love to see a Trevor Bauer in New York. Oh, yeah. but no, you're going to come next year. Brian Cashman's going to do his job. He does what he does every year. Yeah. He gives you a good team. He's going to fix your pitching staff, and you're going to get reinforcements on guys you didn't have. The sixty game season was kind of a crapshoot. Yeah, like throwing, I agree with that. You're throwing at stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks. Next year, you come. You got your full staff. Hopefully, everyone's healthy. Long off season. Yeah. Resign DJ LeMahieu. Resign DJ oh, LeMahieu. That is the most man. important move of the offseason. Pay that and, man. And Aaron Boone has to win a World Series next year. <laughs> if he doesn't win a World Series next year, he should be. Fired. He needs to get to the World Series. Get if he gets to the World Series and they lose the World Series in just a really tough battle. You can understand that. Where he doesn't make any mistakes. It's yeah. just you know, the other team beats him. Fine. He need, he needs to at least get there. Yeah. If he doesn't get there, he should be fired. And you know one thing I don't like about the the way the Yankees lineup is constructed. I mean, we scored one run in nine innings. We we have guys who are boomer bust, hit a home run, or strike out. Like, it's just not a great strategy, we need some more especially base. for we need playing some, yeah. in elimination games. You need guys like, that get on base. Yeah, you need, you need more. D- you need DJs. more DJs. Yeah, you I, need some guys like Brett Gardner earlier in his career. Who would just get on base? Yeah, and then and then those solo home runs become two or three run home yeah. runs. Yeah, and that that's a big boost to the I, team. I honestly think that might be a little bit more recency bias. I, I think our offense performed pretty well. Yeah. We had, a, I mean, yeah, we were getting no, a yeah, lot of guys did. on base in the first four games. That last yeah. game, we just, I mean, but the Rays weren't either. Yeah. the Rays hit two solo home home runs. Okay, but granted, in that so, fifth game. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think what they did on their side of the ball has any effect on what we did. No, no, all I'm but. saying is that I, I don't think yeah, I don't it think was it's just, comparable. It was like, just that game. I, yeah. yeah, I think it was just that game. I mean, all the other games in that series, we were putting guys on the yeah. base paths. 
We were we were scoring a lot of runs, stuff like that. Go ahead. So also, going back to that that game five, it was one to one. He put a pinch hitter, or I don't know if he pinch hit that at bat. Oh but God. Mike Russo, I understand that it was a tough battle with Chapman. I don't necessarily agree throwing a fastball there. I know Chapman, looking back on it, he shook off the slider, whatever he throws, yeah. the secondary pitch. But Brousseau was on the fastball. Yeah. If you're going to throw a fastball, you got to throw it high. Yeah. But I understand that. But also, the pitching coach was a first-year pitching coach. I know that's a manager's decision, but Aaron Boone was a third baseman. He wasn't a catcher. He didn't pitch. I understand he's a big league manager, but you have to rely on other guys on your – bench or as your coach that you can trust i know what his name matt blake yeah matt blake. he's a first year pitching coach i don't know how how what his experience is i don't know much about he, him. he he worked for the indians before this with the he, pitching in, development pitching okay development. well i understand that they, they have some great pitchers over there but he, he's got to look on his team and i don't necessarily know if his team was agreeing with him or what was happening but it's not all on Aaron Boone. Yes, he's a manager. I, I think it but, is on Aaron Boone because I think Aaron Boone's job as the manager is to know when he doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. And what's I don't going think on. he and I he don't doesn't think he, know. Yes. He clearly does not know how to manage a bullpen. Yes, he clearly does not understand what it takes for a pitcher to be ready yes. week in and week out. So he might need to get someone who helps him yes. with that. And I I don't think he's asking Matt Blake that much. And again, short season this year, a lot of things in the air. Yeah. Hurt pitching staff. I will give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But he needs to get it together. Yeah. And the other thing that he needs to stop doing is pinch hitting in terrible situations. Mike Ford doesn't have a yeah. hit since August. Why are you bringing him in in a high leverage situation to yeah. just strike out looking? Right. I mean, would they replace him with? They, they replaced Higashioka with Mike yeah. Ford. Yeah. So not only did you replace a good hitter <laughs> with a worse hitter, you also replaced. A better catcher with a worse catcher. Right. And going off of what I think what you said earlier, Jake, like, why? What is the point of making you get, that move? You get, a right, you get a right on lefty advantage. Yeah. But, I mean, how minuscule yeah. is that when you're talking about Kyle Higashioka versus Mike Ford? No, but also— I mean, you're not talking about, you're not talking about Kyle Higashioka versus, like, Cody Bellinger here. Yeah. It's Mike Ford. He's not a starter. Right. He's a bench first baseman who's— Hits for power. I don't love that move in that situation. But also about that, with that pinch hitting uh, decision, since Chapman came in for seven outs, he was pitching to Higashioka before. Yep. You switched the catcher in the middle of his pitching appearance, and I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a good thing either. Like, Mike Ford hasn't seen live pitching in the postseason yet. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I don't know what... I don't what, watching that. the at bat. He was obviously like behind the pitches. He was. He wasn't up to speed. I, I don't know what marginal advantage the yeah. analytics department said you got from that move. Right. I have to believe it wasn't that much. Yeah. I, I have to believe it wasn't that much. And again, I think this comes back to back down to managing. You're in a situation where analytics should run a lot of your decisions, especially in the regular season, because. In the aggregate, over a large sample size, you are going to win in those decisions. If 0.6% or if 60% of the time, 0.6 chance, right? 60% of the time it works. Over 162 games, you're going to have net positive runs from that decision. Mm -hmm. In the postseason, you really have to think about it. Right. It most situations, it your sample size n equals one, okay? 
for all my stats people out there, N equals one. That's a bet. You're gambling at that point. Yeah. It's just as good as making a decision. Analytics only works because of the aggregate. Because you have 162 games, N equals 162. You will regress to the standard, you know, variable, whatever it is. If again, if that move works 0.6% of the time, then you points or 60% of the time, 60% of the time it's going to work in the regular season because it's a big sample size. If it works 60% of the time, you do it once, that's a gamble. It, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't and get honestly, that. Honestly, like pinch hitting Mike Ford for, for Higashioka, that's not a 60%. No, no, no. I, 60% was just a number I yeah. pulled out. I, I'm yeah. just giving it an example. But the expected value of that could not have been high, especially in a one sample size. Right. Scenario. Yeah. I mean, and another thing I don't like about that is it's a tie game when you make that move. You're nobody's blowing, on base. You're blowing two of your bench players. Yep. If it goes into extra innings, you now have, I think, only Tyler Wade and, to and come Frazier. in. And, and you, you have Frazier. Frazier. And yeah. One outfielder, one infielder. You yeah. know he did it for the lefty on righty advantage because if he didn't, he would have just put Gary Sanchez. Right. But he did it for the lefty on righty advantage, yeah. which is dumb because what is for Mike? For, what is Mike Ford going to do for you? No offense to Mike Ford. He's not exactly fleet of foot. He's, yeah. a, chun- okay? he's a chunky fella. He's a chunky fella. Yeah. So he's either going to hit a solo home run. Or get on base. He, or he's going to probably walk. Okay, and if he walked. Or strike out. You think Boone might have replaced him with Tyler Wade? Yes. You he burned, probably would have. Yes, and yes. he would have burned. So he would have burnt three of his five bench players yeah, I, on that one or two. single. Oh, two of his bench yeah. Again, let's not forget, Higashioka had been a stroking the ball this playoff series. Yeah. Okay? He had been hitting very well. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I do, I do have to well. say, though, I do have to say, though, Aaron Boone made a good decision about starting Higashioka for four of those five games. Yeah, he did. He that did. was a good decision. He a did good do a good away. job. And honestly, he did a good job starting Gardner instead of Clint Frazier because it was pretty clear early on that Clint Frazier was a little over his head. He The moment kind of got to him. Gardner has been in the situation before. He know He knows what he was doing, and Gardner had a good series. The pregame moves I have no problem with. Yeah. Aaron Boone does a fine job pregame. Yeah. It's the During in the, the game. it's the in the moment decisions yeah. where he just like throws caution to the wind. Yeah. And again, I'm a big analytics guy. I like it when they shift. I think when Tampa Bay puts four guys in the outfield for Aaron Judge. That's yeah. pretty cool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like the opener for teams that do it. I like how Tampa runs yeah. their bullpen. But the Yankees are not that team. Right. Yeah. They're in, not in my the opinion, way. with a team like the Yankees, the less in-game moves, the better. Yes. The, you have a winning team. Just on roll the field. them out. Roll them you out. Don't there. Pay, don't change. Don't make changes to make them lose. You yeah. pay so much money for the talent on the Yankees to have let the best players. Yeah. The best lineup. Just let them play. Let don't, the kids play. Don't do anything. Don't do anything special. Don't, as a manager, think you have to manufacture runs. Your guys will score runs, okay? Yeah. Kevin Cash has to manufacture runs, okay? He's got to sub in Mike Brousseau for G-Man Choi because his team doesn't have the lineup that the Yankees have. Yeah. And he does a damn good job about it. He does it. a really good job And that's job why he's won it. manager of the year, I think, like three times. Yeah. He does a really good job with it. Aaron Boone doesn't need to do that. He needs yeah. to know his role. And honestly, if he was actually using analytics, the analytics would tell him that. Yeah. You would be able to see that. That would play out in the numbers. Yeah. He clearly is just trying 
to like manufacture runs. He's trying to do too much as the manager. Yeah. Now moving on from that, we still got more games, even though the Yankees are, aren't in it. Who are you guys looking for? Like we're still baseball fans. We're still going to watch the World Series and the and the CS and in both the leagues somewhat. We're going to follow it. Who do you guys have, or who are you watching for now that the Yankees are out? I mean, honestly, anyone I think, but the Astros. Yeah, that, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think but, any sensible baseball fan who's not directly from Houston, or even if you are from Houston, are, yeah, should, should be rooting against Astros. So th- there, there goes the Rays in the World Series. I mean, I'm from LA. Even though I'm a Yankees fan, I'm an Angels fan. You got to root for the Dodgers. They got robbed of it. The Dodgers are like an easy team to root for. Yeah. There's nothing honestly, bad about the Dodgers. Right now, I'm probably rooting for the Braves. Just because I, I'm not a huge Dodgers fan. Dodgers. Oh, Yankees so you're a Lakers, but you're not a Dodgers fan, John? Very, I, very, very interesting. It, I never said I was a Lakers fan. Lakers we, sympathizer. We, we, won't, we won't go over that it's, right now. <laughs> on, on my end, it's really interesting. I'm rooting against the Astros. I'm rooting for the Rays to win. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm also rooting for the Rays. Honestly, like the Rays beat the Yankees, but I kind of like the Rays. Yeah, the I was gonna go a different way. I hate the Rays. <laughs> I, I am I sick and tired it. of their "oh, we're the underdog" storyline. Like, no, you are not the underdogs, my lord. You were the number one seed in baseball this year. Like, how can you, how can you hate G Man Choi? How can you hate Randy or Rosarena? I don't even know who that guy is. <laughs> he raped. In the I was talking to Jake. <laughs> I was talking to Jake. I come in for the Every first game. Every single game, Ben goes, "Who is this guy? Where did he come from? <laughs> who Where is was this Rosarena guy? Like five hundred. I never even series. heard of this guy. He must have been on the COVID list for like five years. You never was. heard of him. He I came <laughs> off the COVID list August thirtieth. How did he have COVID for four months of the season? <laughs> Ask him. I, I don't know. I have no problem with G Man Troy. I have a problem with Kevin Cash's mindset. And I have a problem with the Rays constantly comparing everything to the Yankees, right? Yeah, that is. You should have seen. I Pete, think I think you have to stay off MLB Twitter. Pete, I haven't seen any of that. No, Pete Fairbanks. After the game, someone asked him. They're like, "Now you're you got your matchup with the Astros coming." He goes, "What do you think the big storyline is going to be?" And he goes, "Oh well, the ESPN's finally going to have to cover us because they're Golden Boy. We just beat. There's no more Yankees for them to cover." He goes, "I'm not even sure if they'll cover us." I'm like. Dude, shut up. I mean, okay? I kind of like that comment. First of all, you're a middle relie- reliever on a team that doesn't have a closer. So, second of all. I think you're just a salty fan. I kind of yeah. like that comment. If second I'm of honest. all, stop comparing everything to the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, listen, Tampa Bay, I know you're new at this whole being good thing. <laughs> and I know you're new to this whole playoff experience. But in general, people don't celebrate too much winning the ALDS. They... They, they kind of got their eyes on a bigger prize. Yeah. Don't gloat too much about beating a team in the ALDS I, honestly, when you still have two seven-game I mean, series to win I, I before you that. hang a I banner. disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. The Rays, they haven't been a great team for a long time. I mean, and the, they, the, Yankee, the Yankees have no, overshadowed them. Yeah, the, but they've been, good, entire they've been good the past they've five years. They've been good the past two years, at least the past two years. Yeah. They need to get rid of this underdog mentality because it's going to hold them back. I don't have a problem with that. As a Yankees player, use that as fuel. Next year, you know, every year the Yankees come in, they're World Series favorites. They underperform in the in the regular season, make the wild card game, win the wild card game, and then lose in the playoffs. I feel like that's been a repeating cycle for like three or four years now. Yep. I think Yankees players, Aaron Judge, didn't have a great postseason. Gary Sanchez, the staples of the team, they have to they have to grab that mentality of, man, we have we have been underperforming every year. They need to get the dog mentality. They've been yeah. acting like cats. No, but I, I, I think that, that 
Go ahead. Sorry. The the Rays. I understand taking that mindset after you beat the Yankees. You kind of gloat a little bit. They're a small market team. They don't get covered as much. They don't have as many fans. Even when they're good, no one shows up to the games. I kind of like that mentality, but I agree with Jake that you have to move forward and think that you're good. You shouldn't be looking back and comparing yourself to the teams you beat, but you should celebrate. Okay. I, I think there's I, a big I, difference between the dog mentality that you were talking about, John, and the mentality the Rays have. I think the Rays mentality is actually comparing themselves to the Yankees. Everything they do, they relate it back to the mm, Yankees. I don't know they're about like, that. They're like the younger brother that's like, oh, hey, mom, did you see how I did better than Tom this week? Oh, that you is kind of true. You see, you see that Tom got an A- minus in calculus. I got an A this year. Yeah, but they have like, to that's change how they're it doing now. It. They, no, they have to change it, and I don't think they will, and it's going to hold them back. No, no but like He's, moving forward, like in the series, you can do that. Once you beat them, you can do that. Moving forward into the CS, and if they go to the World Series, the Yankees are sitting yeah. at home watching. They can't be comparing Anyways, themselves well, to them. Now that they have is another storyline. They're, they're playing the Astros, the big bad Astros. Yeah, cheaters. Now, Screw the Astros. Hate those guys. Now, I am only rooting against the Astros because they cheated. Yeah. And then I hope that the Rays win that series pretty handily, and I hope that whatever NL team comes out, runs the Rays in yeah. the World Series. I really want the Dodgers to win this year. Cause they just because they got cheated out of that that World Series by the Astros. Well so did the Yankees. It was yeah. But the Dodgers are just they need they need a championship. If they the, haven't won since the if 80s. The, if the Dodgers don't win this year, you gotta take a look at what's going on decision making wise. No, no. Dave Roberts is a great coach. <laughs> I, They've been really good. Ben They got screwed I, out of two World Series. I think he might be a Doc Rivers. Yeah. I'm kind of on John's side here. I, I think they're going to win this year. I, I don't know how much longer you can sit there with the best roster in the NL and definitely the best roster left in the postseason. They should win handily this year. Yeah. The Braves should not be a problem for them. And whatever team comes out of the AL should not be a problem for yeah. them. But baseball is also a little bit different than basketball. Because there's a little more chance in baseball. Yes. If If... Your coach brings you to the World Series or even into the CS, and they do a great job. They lose the series because two guys and the other guys of the other team get incredibly hot. It's not the Randy Arozarena. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas the basketball team, that last shot, he draws up a terrible play, fire him. Like, like, there, there's none of that in baseball. Yeah. The thing about like Daniel Murphy in 2015 yeah, for the exactly, Mets. Yeah. I mean, how do you manage against that? Right. Like just some random second baseman all of a sudden playing you walk godlike. Him, walk him every time. They did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> I, I think the Dodgers are in not a similar boat as the Yankees, but again, if Roberts doesn't win this year, there's some questions to be asked. Yeah. Especially it depends on how it goes down, right? Yeah, true. It all depends on how it goes down. But I think I hope that they win, to be honest. I, I want to see the Braves win just because well, the, yeah, it, the, it, the yeah. moment my team goes out, I just want chaos. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, if the Braves won, that'd be cool. But, but in like, the World Series, no matter who wins in the NL or the AL, every possible matchup in the World Series, I will be rooting for the NL team. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I just hate the Astros. <laughs> and the Rays. Well, we got, a call, we, uh, we got a caller in last week from Waco, Texas. Hated the hated the Astros. Yeah, he was. Not, I'm sure he'll he be. Was, he I'm was sure not he'll be happy, happy about the Carlos Correa. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be happy if the I'm Astros not sure lose he's, in four. I, yeah. I'm not sure he's up right now. He might <laughs> might have had a long night from Snapchat, but that's uh to be talked about later. <laughs> oh, yeah. the The MLB, I will say though, 
their postseason's done a really good job. I think a lot yes. of people, a lot of people are tuning in. No, I heard that the that the Yankees Rays game five had more viewership than the NBA Finals. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. it that, that's not shocking to me at, no, all. Not at all. And I think it goes back. We talked about it a little. Yeah, we last talked about week. it last week. Yeah. There and again, it's not on the NBA. I think some listeners. I, I talked to some listeners after the show, and they thought I was blaming the NBA. I'm not blaming the NBA. It, it, some of the stuff's not the NBA's fault, right? They can't control COVID. Yeah. All I'm saying is that it has to be a little concerning to the NBA when you have a finals game five going up against ALDS game five. And I mean, you can argue that the ALDS has the Yankees, which has a huge fan yeah. base, but that finals has the Lakers, which is a huge fan base as well. If your finals game five is losing to an ALDS game five in the same time slot, it, that has to be a little concerning. Yeah. And I think I, I think that people will probably watch the finals game tonight because I just don't know how many good NFL games there are this week. I don't know, even know who's playing in the Sunday night game yeah. tonight. Yeah. The but, NFL is probably struggling in viewership this year, if yeah. I guess. I would say so. Yeah, maybe. Let's see. Who, let's, like, let's see who's playing tonight. I feel like the MLB has been a lot more popular. Like, honestly... 16-team playoff? I really like it. It, it was really interesting. I was against it at first. I really so like it. The Vikings are playing the Seahawks. The Seahawks should run away with that yeah. game. Yeah. That Russ Cook. That Russ Cook. That Delvin Cook. Chargers ah. Saints tomorrow night might be Let interesting. Jared Cook. Let's see. Who else is Let playing? Let Brandon Cook. There's no other good games this week. No other good <laughs> games. Rams football team. Eagles Steelers. Raiders Chiefs. Cardinals Jets. Jaguars Texans. Bengals Ravens. Panthers Falcons. Dolphins 49ers. Colts Browns, maybe that will be a good game. They're both three and one. Giants Cowboys, yes. <laughs> Vikings Seahawks, Broncos Patriots. Is that we talked about the postponed. Chargers Saints might be interesting. Who's Bills on Titans, Chargers Saints are on Monday. Broncos mm-hmm. Patriots were supposed to be on Monday, got postponed. Bills Titans were supposed to be on Tuesday, probably won't happen. Titans season might be done for. They're still a. Hey, they're still the number one team in that. Div- yeah, they are. <laughs> so undefeated. They yeah. got a lot of games to make up though. <laughs> um, yeah, but. The Bears, the, the Bears. worst 4-1 team I think we've ever seen. Hey, the best, you mean. <laughs> Nick Foles had another good game, even though he sucked the week before. But the, i got to be honest. I've used this analogy a couple times this week, but the viewers should hear it too. The Bears are kind of like that goofy guy at the prom. He's got curly hair and glasses. You're not, you know, He's not too suave with the ladies, but all of a sudden he, he's talking to the – Queen Bee at the prom, talking her up, dancing with her. That's kind of how the Bears are. You don't expect them to be good. You don't expect much from them. You don't understand how they're doing it. It In your mind, it doesn't make any sense. But they are. There's a lot of question marks there. They don't pass the eye test, but somehow they're 4-1. Who do they even play? And they beat, oh, they, they beat, yeah, they beat Tom teams. Brady. They beat Tom yeah. Brady. Yeah. So, who do they play next week? They play the Panthers. They have a... Somewhat easy. I, they beat some good teams. Yeah. Oh, be, the, the, Bears, very, the Bears play the Rams in two weeks. It'd be very 2020 to see the Bears win the it Super really Bowl. Would. If they won the Super Bowl, I would just like, quit everything. <laughs> There's, There's a big asterisk. There's no way. They win the Super Bowl with a quarterback controversy. <laughs> they, like Mitch and Nick Foles just are swapping they drives in the no, Super Bowl. No, no, yeah, yeah. Nick, Nick Foles gets benched. Mitch Trubisky comes in, throws a Philly special. Hey, Al- Alabama Bowl. did it, and it worked pretty it well. Did, did. Oh, my God. They right, Also, at what, what point, speaking about Alabama, what point you put Tua in over Fitzpatrick? Now. Uh, now, yeah. yeah. I've been wondering when they're going to do that. Yeah. The problem is, is that they should have known this when they got Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
He wants to play. No, no. Every week, three or four, Fitzmagic returns. Yeah. And he has. And then you can't bench him. Yeah. yeah. And then he sucks about week six yeah. or yeah. seven. Any last minute thoughts, Ben? Just have a good week. Stay yeah. safe. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Reach out if you need help. Yeah. We want to thank the listeners again. Yes, we really appreciate you. you guys. You are the lifeblood. Call in next Sunday. Of off the We'll be recapping the NBA Finals. We'll be recapping. Uh, CS might be over. CS might be over next but, week. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably be talking about more NFL COVID cases. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. And hopefully a Notre Repa- Dame. Yeah, hopefully a Notre Dame win, win against yeah. Louisville. Yeah. So All right, we're out of here. For John, for Ben James, I am Jacob signing off on Quadcast. We'll see you folks next week. Peace. dream was not your mama's prayer but i was your first and your last ticket out of there i caught your wings on fire and i smoked my bronco tires at